You're listening to a 95 BFM podcast. Any friends, etc., spending more than 30 minutes at the dwelling will need to pay rent. It's a room of one's own with Auckland renters advocate Celine on 95 BFM. Oh, hey, Celine. I realise I start dancing even before the jingle comes in now. <laughs> yeah, anticipating it. We've got to dance because otherwise uh, we cry at the moment. How's, how's it going in the renters space? What's happening out there? Well, I'm, I'm not doing too much at the moment other than renting myself but I did go <laughs> which is enough it I is essentially a full-time job it's someone's full-time job that's it for is, sure it is um I uh I went to I did go to a really good um renters event organized last week by Renters United in Tamaki Makoto their branch so they had a, a different kind of event where renters could turn up and talk to political candidates about renting True. and it was great a lot of it was framed around the t- candidates having to listen to renters stories mm. and not talk and then respond yes which was actually great um so we had rep- they had representatives from kind of all major political parties turn up uh, bar one so national candidate didn't come um but anyway the rest were very interesting range of approaches very all of them kind of keen to listen. Mm. It was interesting. It was great. It's okay. A good format. Fascinating. Like yeah, nice to not just have a debate and have people have to listen to people's experiences was really good. That's a really interesting format. If anyone ever has the opportunity to go to one of those style um, like community meetings, they are really interesting. Um, unions run them often as well, and uh, that's a, it's a really good way to get a direct conversation between the community and the politicians. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, literally, the rules are they have to sit there and they can't talk. It works well. It does. What's been happening in the world of our BFM listeners? As always, a lot of chaos going on out there. Um, we've got someone who wants to know if they have the right to refuse entry to their landlord if they rock up with no warning to their flat. Well, you do, actually. Uh, this is one of those things where they need to give warning. So they need to have given the right amount of warning. Um and then if they haven't you can basically just say um no sorry you need you need they need to give warning it's tricky because they are allowed on the property so there's kind of that tricky thing where they could come to do the lawns without telling you or something but um simply the most annoying loophole ever absolutely in my opinion yeah Strange. very lurky yeah, don't, I don't like it. What, what if you, you only have there? like thirty centimeters of grass out yeah, the front exactly. of your house? Eh? Hey, get off! <laughs> Sorry, absolutely, <laughs> my lord. I'm not sure how to how to deal with that, but I know that um, we're not dealing with it well enough for sure. So they can get entry if they have a tenancy tribunal order that says they can enter, um, or if there's an emergency, if the house is on fire or it's flooding, yeah. they can come in. You may enter. You may enter, but other than that, um, they are supposed to follow that consent and the amount of time they've warned you. Excellent. Um, what else have we got here, Stella? Someone said, are the lawns my responsibility or my landlord's? There's nothing in our tenancy agreement about it. Ooh. Yeah, this is one that really catches out a lot of people, I think, as well, especially if you're renting maybe for the first time or the first time you're lucky enough to have a garden or something um, for the landlord to hang out on. Um, uh, <laughs> Without having to tell you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and it can change a lot because it can become a real hassle. Basically, Um, It is the tenant's responsibility for the lawns and the weeding, so kind of that maintenance work of the garden, but the landlord's responsibility for things like pruning, shrubs, things that might take different equipment, um, unless uh, unless the landlord says that they will be doing the lawns or maintaining the garden in the tenancy agreement. Mm -hmm. So it's really important to know that when you go into a property, um, because it can change a lot in terms of the... 
I guess logistics of doing lawns can be really difficult. Totally. Um, it can save, uh, well, if you're uh, kind of um, thinking about that in terms of rent cost, it can be a good thing to consider in different options. Top tip uh, for people out there who do discover they need to do their lawns and don't want to go and buy a lawnmower because those things are expensive. Uh, Auckland Tool Library rules really hard. This is not sponsored. They just really are cool. They're a great community resource and super cheap to sign up to. So, Yeah, that's a, that's a really it. good idea. If there's some equipment that you only need once and suddenly it's your responsibility to do that. I know I've also had friends who just look for the kind of 12-year-old on the block and see if <laughs> their parents want them to do a chore for a small amount of cash. Yeah, exactly. I lived with a landscape gardener for a while and oh. that was truly a great time in my life. Uh, we had such clean lawns then. Um, we have got someone else who wants to know, are there ways a landlord has to justify costs being taken off a bond? Um, our landlord is claiming weird amounts of money for cleaning a tiny stain we left on the carpet. Can I request receipts? Okay, so um, again, this bond uh, bond return, it's the tenant's money. So there needs to be... Um, you should be getting it back unless there's a real reason that you're not. There's also this, uh, another way we can think about it is this idea of wear and tear. So if you've lived in a property for five years, um, it's been your home for five years, it will have had some wear and tear since you moved in, um, even if you're maintaining it and cleaning and everything as you should. So there should be some allowance for that. Um, but in terms of this um, kind of agreement over the bond between a tenant and a landlord, they might not necessarily have to prove to you that that's how much it costs but if you disagree with it then you're really going to the tenancy tribunal to get the recover those costs and get them back so that might be the point in which they have to explain why they're charging such a large amount for that kind of damage mm-hmm. um, so I would say uh kind of keep your receipts take photos again make sure you take photos before you move into a place if you can take photos when you move out so you know it hasn't happened after that Mm -hmm. and then often you can um, if there's a disagreement you can just lodge your bond form submit your bond form and then it's kind of um, up to them they're suddenly on a ticking timer to prove whether or not um, that is uh, kind of uh, that they agree and mm-hmm. if they miss that chance then you get your bond back otherwise it might be something that's decided at the tenancy tribunal instead exactly uh, we've heard texts from someone who says their top tip for renters is that if you're planning on moving out and you haven't wanted to complain about things um, which of course you have a right to complain about these things but I, there is power imbalance which is what we're always talking about uh, they said make the landlord fix everything that's wrong so at least it'll be fixed up for the next tenant this person says they're going to take their slumlord that's their words not (laughs) mine uh they're going to make them fix everything that they've had to put up with and then they're going to move out which is a big mic drop moment altruistic of them solidarity this i think though actually does raise something that comes up quite frequently with texts and questions that we get which is if something has not been resolved in your tenancy if there was like something broken or something that sat outside of the contract that was an issue for you, and you move out, do you still have recourse to go to the tenancy tribunal after that tenancy's ended? 
Yeah, you still do have recourse to go to the Tenancy Tribunal afterwards. The other thing I would say is that often how we frame the shared responsibility of like renting and being a landlord is that it's it's really about telling and reporting that damage. Yeah. So you really, if there's been damage, if something's broken, you don't want it to suddenly be there when you're moving out. You mm-hmm. want them to know that it's happened, when it happened, and then that it hasn't been resolved. So it's very much you fulfilling your side of that as well and Absolutely. then it will only be looked you'll only be looked on favorably in that scenario as well totally i'm assuming from this person's uh, message that they, these are things they've asked yeah, and absolutely. they're now very annoyed about it um but if that yeah if that is the case if something breaks tell them and then all you can do is keep telling them yeah and then take it to the tribunal exactly oh if only it was as easy as that in practice absolutely thank you very much celine always a pleasure to have you in the studio helping us out uh as always we'll put some really useful resources te ara tohu we'll put uh tenants unions and uh renters united links plus the um cab as well so if you're having a hard time these people have even more expertise than us armchair experts here so they can help you out thank yeah, you definitely celine. go to them <laughs> <laughs> A plague on both your investment houses. That was a room of one's own with Auckland Renters Advocate, Celine. That was a 95BFM podcast. Support 95BFM with a B-card. Go to 95BFM.com slash sign up.